For the past few months, online doctor visits have been great for ear infections, poison ivy, the usual kid stuff. But now it's time to see a doctor in person and get them caught up on vaccinations. Find vaccine schedules at iVaccinate.org. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back only to Democracy in Talk. I hope you are all well. I think most of us are still mentally trying to wrap our head around what happened in our nation's capital last week on January 6th. Emotions are still high. There's a lot of anger. And I want to say on both sides, but I, I want to credit many of my Republican friends um, who are Republicans and conservatives and not Trump supporters and how disgusting they found and how vile they found us, found this, even uh, Trump supporters, and um, how the world not only was watching, but our children were watching. A lot of fear coming up for the uh, 20th and the inauguration and threats that we saw um, not only on Parler, but the, the FBI has confirmed. And uh, allegedly three plots last week to overthrow our government. So for people that say Democrats are throwing the word coup around. If you have a plan to overthrow the government, you know, you might say, well, it's not a coup unless there are government officials. Well, there technically were elected government officials who have since been arrested, um, who were part of those who stormed the Capitol, smashed the windows and doors and entered inside. As we always do, before we bring on our great guest later in the hour, a good uh, friend of mine, Colonel Cedric Layton, uh, we're going to check what is ripped. President Trump had told allegedly Speaker McCarthy, and I don't know why Speaker McCarthy would lie about it because he's a Trump guy. Uh, he had said that Trump did believe that he was partially responsible for what happened on January 6th. Um, but Donald Trump, as you know, may say that behind closed doors, you know, on the phone with Kevin McCarthy. But this is what he says. Trump calling his speech leading to Capitol riots. Totally appropriate. Take a listen. I think that big tech is doing a horrible thing for our country and to our country. And I believe it's going to be a catastrophic mistake for them. Uh, they're dividing and divisive, and they're showing something that I've been predicting for a long time. I've been predicting it for a long time, and people didn't act on it. But I think Big Tech has made a terrible mistake and very, very bad for our country. And that's leading others to do the same thing. And it causes a lot of problems and a lot of danger. Uh, big mistake. They shouldn't be doing it. But uh, there's always a counter move when they do that. I've never seen such anger as I see right now. And that's a terrible thing. Terrible thing. And you have to always avoid violence. And we have, we have tremendous support. We have support probably like nobody's ever seen before. Always 
have to avoid violence. What is your role in what happened at the Capitol? What is your personal responsibility? So if you read my speech, and many people have done it, and I've seen it both in the papers and in the media, on television, it's been analyzed, and people thought that what I said was totally appropriate. And if you look at what other people have said, politicians at a high level, about the riots during the summer, the horrible riots in Portland and Seattle and various other places, that was a real problem, what they said. But they've analyzed my speech and my words and my final paragraph, my final sentence, and everybody to the T thought it was totally appropriate. Okay, thank you. Totally appropriate. By the way, you can go anywhere. I'm just Googling and they have the full text here on Al Jazeera, many other places. Um, the president uh, told him uh, they loved them. Um, you know, the president told them to storm the Capitol. The, told the president told them not to give up. And allegedly, uh, there are those um, that said, uh, Ben Sass uh, said that the president was cheering as they were climbing the Capitol, scaling the Capitol walls and breaking in to the Capitol, one of the people's houses. The White House isn't just the people's house, the Capitol is as well. Well, there are many that are saying um, things that make people wonder if they should be censored, censured, excuse me, or removed from um, the House or the Senate. You know about Ted Cruz, you know about Josh Hawley. Um, and there are so many others. Uh, Congressman Madison Cawthorn told a Turning Point USA rally to, quote, lightly threaten their members of Congress during speech that was given on the morning of the Capitol riots. Uh, here is Congressman Cawthorn. Please get on the phone, call your congressman, and, and feel free. You, you can lightly threaten them and say, <laughs> say, you know what? If you don't start supporting election integrity, I'm coming after you. Madison Cawthorn's coming after you. Everybody's coming after you. Coming after you, not I won't vote for you again, not I won't give money to your campaign, coming after you. There's a reason the Bible says the tongue is mightier than the sword. Elections have consequences, but so does rhetoric. We on the left have been warning of this for four years. Hillary Clinton warned of it, whether you like her or not, for years. And by the way, she sat for Benghazi for 11 hours, 11 hours. Do you think Donald Trump will ever be questioned for 11 hours? Do you think Ted Cruz or Josh Hawley will ever be questioned for 11 hours? Doubtful. There's not just white privilege in this country, there's Republican privilege in this country, and that has damn well got to change. Let's rip another. <clears throat> Listen to this audio where there is a verbal scuffle that ensued today in the House Rules Committee. Jim McGovern tries unsuccessfully to get Jim Jordan to admit, oh, Jim Jordan, Medal of Freedom recipient yesterday, to get Jim Jordan to admit the election was not stolen. Listen to the exchange between these two congressmen. I mean, my question was very simple. I mean, I'm asking you to make a statement that the election was not stolen, that Joe Biden won fair and square. And, you know, one of the ways to promote healing is for you to say yes and to put that on in your Twitter account so that all these people who bought into a lie, uh, we'll start hearing from some of the people that were pushing this. Uh, you know, the answer is, you know, the, the American people. Mr. Mr. Yes. Chairman, 
Mr. Chairman, yes. Joe Biden is going to be sworn in as president. He is he is president-elect Joe Biden. That's not the question I asked. That is not the question I asked. Our concern, our concern, and why we raised objections was in several states. The rules were changed in unconstitutional fashion when the state legislature did not change election law. You had Secretary of State, you had governors, you had Supreme Courts. In some cases, you had county clerks changing the election law. That's what we're pointing out. That's all we were pointing out. Just like our colleague, Mr. Raskin, pointed out concerns he had on on January 6, 2017, with the election of Trump then. I think I get we. You refuse to answer that question, and I think that's one of the. You want to talk I about? I do not the, refuse. I mean, he's going to be the president. I've said that. I've said that on television. He's going yeah. to be the president. I no, know that. That's we, not the, the question I asked. That. that is not the question I asked. I asked you to 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 lay bare the fact that this, that this lie out there that somehow that Joe Biden uh, did not win the election fair and square. He did. The president to this day continues to perpetrate that. Absolutely. And by the way, don't please don't talk to me about we need to unite Joe Biden and the Democrats. It's your fault. We're not uniting. Own it. I love that phrase. I tell that to my kids. You did this. Own it. Own it. You perpetrated a lie that led to people becoming so emotionally unhinged and you and you fed into and and you poured gasoline on the fire of hatred and fanned the flames of 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 individuals who completely lost control of the fact that we are human beings, we are Americans, and we accept the outcome of elections. You know, there was a reporter that said on TV, and I can't remember what network, the last time they had seen anything like this was in Iraq. It's embarrassing that our nation is like this right now. But those who have responsibility need to take it. And one of the steps in healing would be for Republicans to A, stand up and say the election was not stolen. There was no widespread voter fraud. Joe Biden is president and was legally rightfully elected. There is no Antifa involved in what happened on January 6th. And the president and these people need to be punished. And then we can move on together and unite from this as a nation. Um, We are going to uh, take a break and then we're going to return for more of what is ripped from the headlines. Don't go away. I'm Leslie Marshall. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. Up this 
Marshall, and we're back. We'll continue with Ritz Rip from the headlines in just a moment. I just want to give you uh, and bring you up to date um, the uh, uh, what we're being told uh, thus far. Um, the uh, uh, First of all, the acting U.S. attorney for the FBI DC, DC field office is giving an update regarding the Capitol riot suspects and the criminal charges. Um, he said the scope and scale of this is unprecedented. Um, he said that the U.S. Capitol and the surrounding area is a crime scene. He said there will be hundreds of criminal cases as a result of this. He promises to, quote, leave no stone unturned following the Capitol siege last week. He said, quote, the brutality the American people watched with shock and disbelief on the 6th will not be tolerated by the FBI. He also says um, on the response to the siege that, quote, in six days, they have opened over 160 case files and that is just the tip of the iceberg. We will bring you more um, during uh, the program, during Ripped of the, from the Headlines. And if we have to, we'll interrupt the interview with uh, Colonel Cedric Lee. And he certainly would understand uh, the breaking news with regard to this. Um, I, he has not said if it would be all civilians, if there would be any elected officials. Um, as you know, there are uh, police officers, two that have been suspended and 10 more that are being investigated, and that's just within the Capitol Police Force. Um, very, very sad and dark day. Very sad and dark day for our nation, indeed. Let's continue with what's uh, from the headlines, and uh, we will continue um, here on the program, like I said, updating you uh, as to what is going on at that press conference um, throughout the hour. Representative Brad Schneider, a Democrat from Illinois, announced today that he, too, has tested positive for COVID-19. He was possibly exposed last week when the Capitol was attacked. He was in a safe room and there were Republicans among him who refused to wear masks. He said, quote, last Wednesday, after narrowly escaping a violent mob incited by the president of the United States to attack the Capitol and its occupants, I was forced to spend several hours in a secure but confined location with dozens of other members of Congress. Several Republican lawmakers in the room adamantly refused to wear a mask, as demonstrated in video from Punchbowl News, even when politely asked by their colleagues. Today, I am now in strict isolation. I am worried that I've risked my wife's health and angry at the selfishness and arrogance of the anti-maskers who put their own contempt and disregard for decency ahead of the health and safety of their colleagues and our staff. Now, Schneider said that in a statement, and uh, he went on to say he has displayed no symptoms, and before his diagnosis... He said he was so cautious that, to avoid crowds, he was driving to Washington from his suburban Deerfield home. He's 59. He represents the 10th Congressional District, um, sweeping northern suburbs bordering Lake Michigan, stretching west into Cook and Lake counties. He is now the third House member to test positive for the coronavirus after being in a room with House members not wearing masks. He is now joined in a COVID-19 positive diagnosis Congresswoman Bonnie Watson Coleman, Democrat from New Jersey, and Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal, a Democrat from Washington. He received his first dose of a COVID uh, vaccine on January 4th, and he also, but he hadn't had the second. He said, wearing a mask is not a political statement. It is a public health guidance, common courtesy, and simply what should be expected of all decent people. We can no longer tolerate members coming to the floor, gathering in the halls of Congress without doing the bare minimum to protect those around them. Those that flout public health guidance should be sanctioned and immediately removed from the House floor by the sergeant at arms for the reckless endangerment of their colleagues. Now, since returning to Deerfield, Michigan, from Washington, he said, I have remained isolated as much as possible from my wife in our house. 
I have not experienced other close contacts since my exposure on Wednesday. He said this week, the House is doing critical work to protect our national security, our democracy, and our Constitution, moving to remove the president um, from office and uh, the, after he incited this angry mob of domestic terrorists. Um, uh, thank you, Mark. I'll read that in one second. Uh, this week, the House is doing critical work to protect our national security, our democracy, and our Constitution, moving to remove the president from office after he incited this angry mob of domestic terrorists. I regret that I must take these votes by proxy. Now, in a tweet after her diagnosis, Congresswoman Jayapal said, only hours after Trump incited a deadly assault on our Capitol, many Republicans still refused the bare minimum COVID-19 precaution and simply wear a damn mask in a crowded room during a pandemic, creating a super spreader event on top of a domestic terrorist attack. And on top of these legislators trying to get vaccines to all of us, trying to get vaccines to all of us, trying to get people back to work. I, 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 I'm serious. God forbid any of their family members uh, get sick or really sick or they themselves. You know, I, I don't, what would you do? I don't know what I would do if I got COVID and somebody in my family got really sick or God forbid lost their lives from this as a result of some ignorant, selfish, moron who won't just wear a mask in Los Angeles, in LA County, where I am, in San Bernardino County, surrounding, bordering us, Riverside County, bordering that, and San Joaquin Valley. There's no more space in the morgue. Are you hearing me? There is no more space in the morgue here in California. When do we wake up and say, this is enough? There was a reporter who lost it and cried today, a reporter for CNN covering COVID here in California. My husband wears an N95 mask in the house now because he's getting calls constantly how many people around him that he works with in the hospital or patients he's come into contact with have COVID. And I'm going to tell you something. My husband said at the height of the surge, there were 30 patients in the ICU at one of the hospital he works at. Yesterday, it was 284. That is a big difference, folks. That is almost 10 times the amount. That's how bad it is here in California. And you know what? Please don't talk to me about recalling a governor during this. Shut the blank up, seriously. And please don't tell me lockdowns don't work. Lockdowns work if you follow them. New Zealand locked down, they're good. Vietnam locked down, they're good. Caribbean islands, they're good. No, California didn't lock down. To his credit, Governor Gavin Newsom tried. You know what? I'm going to say, with a Democrat or Republican, these governors have a very tough time. They've got business owners screaming open. They've got hospitals screaming, please don't. They've got to straddle health and economy at the same time. I wouldn't want to be a governor in any state right now if you paid me millions to do it. And I have to say further, a lockdown isn't when in Orange County, a bunch of right-wing Republican conservative Trump supporters whine they have to wear a mask and they can't go to the beach. Today that posted, if you don't wear a mask and you don't believe that we should have PPP, please come. Volunteer. We have some jobs for you. And they list all the things that have to be done with patients who are sick or dying or have died from COVID. Absolutely. Uh, breaking news here. The U.S. has just introduced legislation that would fine uh, Congress people $1,000 every day that they refuse to wear a mask at the Capitol. Um, also breaking news, the U.S. Justice Department says, quote, we are looking at significant felony cases tied to 
uh, sedition. Let me try and get uh, in one more uh, rip from the headlines if I can. Uh, World Health Organization Chief Scientist Sumia Swaminathan warned yesterday herd immunity is unlikely to be achieved this year, despite COVID vaccines being rolled out. I'm Leslie Marshall. That is what's written from the headlines. I'll get you with Cedric Blake in the house right after this tempo. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com. And we're back further breaking news about the FBI official investigation following the Capitol siege. Um, that They say the FBI has a long memory and broad reach. Even if you've left D.C. agents from their local field offices will be knocking on your door. There was a, um, a cyber tech uh, specialist who um, on TikTok put out a whole video about the uh, web um, the or the Internet uh, t- capabilities within the Capitol. Um, that they can they can find you if you were there, if um, you know who you are based on your phone having been in your pocket. Uh, and the FBI said that since uh, their call for tips video and pictures, they've received more than 100,000 pieces of digital media and they're scouring every single one for investigative intelligence leads. Um, and uh, further, um, he, he said, uh, like I had mentioned before, in six days, they opened over 160 case files. They say that's the tip of the iceberg, which would indicate more are to come. Uh, let's get to our guest. Colonel Cedric Layton is founder and president of Cedric Layton Associates. They're a strategic risk and leadership consultancy. They serve global companies and organizations. He founded it back in 2010, but prior to that, he served in the U.S. Air Force for 26 years as an intelligence officer. He attained the rank of Colonel. Colonel Layton can also be seen regularly on CNN, where he is a military analyst. The Colonel's Twitter handle is at Cedric Layton, C-E-D-R-I-C-L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. His website, CedricLayton.com, same spelling. He's become a good friend of mine and the shows over the years. Uh, I respect him greatly, love him dearly, and it's glad to have have him with us uh, in the new year, despite what's going on in our nation. Colonel Cedric Layton, thank you for being with us. Happy New Year, sir. And thank you for being one of the uh, newer guests or one of the um, first guests in the new year. Well, Leslie, it's my pleasure. It's always great to be with you and uh, happy new year. And hopefully we'll have a happier new year, uh, you know, than what we're experiencing right now. Well, you know, in politics, semantics um, on both sides uh, is thrown around and, and the word terrorism is being thrown around. The word coup is being thrown around and some people are arguing the literal meaning of that word. But Capitol Police uh, yesterday um, briefed Democrats um, actually last night. Um, about three more potentially gruesome demonstrations that are planned in the coming days, one of which was a plot to encircle the U.S. Capitol and to assassinate Democrats and some Republicans. Now, before we go with what is being planned, um, let's look at what happened and what was planned. Um, you know, you you, you served, a, you worked as an intelligence officer, Colonel. You served a lot of time, uh, you know, nearly three decades of your life in the military. Were you surprised that when we know one of the field offices in the FBI alerted uh, the police, were you surprised there wasn't more presence, um, first of all, in addition to the Capitol Police, putting more Capitol Police, knowing what was going on in the questioning of the certification of this election, um, the Metropolitan Police, the National Guard, the refusal after repeated calls for the National Guard. From your view, d- d- did this all signal 
um, or, you know, even, you know, telegraph to the rest of the world. This is a coup. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a classic, Leslie, this is a classic coup uh, when you when you look at things. And I want to be very careful. You know, like you said, terminology is extremely important in these in these situations. But a coup d'etat is basically the overthrow of a government. An attempted coup is the attempted overthrow of a government. And when you look at the timing, it's, you know, it reminds me of the old movies about the Russian Revolution, you know, when uh, the people that worked for Lenin went into the telephone exchange in St. Petersburg and shut the telephone exchange off. And this was you know, over 100 years ago when they did that. Uh, the same kinds of things are going on here. And in some ways, it's even more sinister because there was a specific process of government, a specific affirmation of a popular vote uh, that was being targeted. It was no accident that they picked January 6th uh, to go into the capital and to do what they did. Uh, you know, they weren't just tourists coming to, uh, uh, you know, spend some time at the Capitol Visitor Center and then take a tour of the dome. Uh, what they were looking at doing was actually thwarting the process of government. And when you start doing that, when you start thwarting the process of government, it is definitely, you know, falls into the realm of a coup d'etat. And it's certainly a legal definition, a part of the legal definition of sedition. And that is that is what we're looking at here. Uh, very, uh, uh, you know, very clear that uh, this was an illegal act aimed to overturn uh, the will of the American people. Now, you are within our nation's capital, right? And uh, or right, just living outside and working within. Um, I'm on the West Coast, although I used to, you know, come uh, regularly to D.C. because of COVID. I'm obviously not doing that. We have seen in photos and videos um, online and through various media sources the increased police presence um, that is uh, around the Capitol. Um, we just heard from the FBI, the Capitol and its surrounding areas being um, considered a crime scene uh, right now, as it is. Um, and based on the failures, quite frankly, uh, of, of law enforcement, you know, across the board, um, what what is the difference going forward, knowing that about three more potentially gruesome demonstrations are planned in these coming days, um, whether it's the FBI, the Metropolitan Police, the Capitol Police, the National Guard or any other police that are coming in from outside areas like Virginia and Maryland? Right. So nothing concentrates the mind more, Leslie, than violence. And uh, the fact that, uh, you know, you or the things that you're supposed to be protecting are the targets of violence or the potential targets of violence. And sometimes, unfortunately, uh, the bureaucracy is set up in a way in which uh, they are very reactive. Uh, being proactive is not necessarily a trait that is rewarded in government, uh, much to uh, our great misfortune in, in uh, several instances like 9-11 and now most recently, you know, with the January 6th storming of the Capitol. So what, uh, what I would say as far as the intelligence picture goes is that, uh, you know, there was definitely a failure to act based on the intelligence that uh, at least one field office in the FBI received. That's a significant problem because uh, not only do you need to get the intelligence and analyze the intelligence, but you also, if you believe it's valid, and even if you have some questions as to its validity, if it's going to be something as serious as this, you have to make sure that this kind of information gets to the people who need it. And in this case, the people who needed it were the U.S. Capitol Police Force, as well as the senior lawmakers in Congress and and really, quite frankly, all members of Congress. Uh, so this, uh, this was a huge intelligence, uh, in, in some ways, an intelligence success. 
success, but an operational failure, and that's uh, that's a very very bad thing uh, because if you you know if you don't act on the information and you don't prevent these kinds of things, you risk a lot of consequences, and some of which uh, the, uh, some of these consequences could be unforeseen, and uh, that's a very very bad thing. Well, additionally, I mean, think about it. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. I may be a Democrat, but these are human beings. These are our elected officials crying out loud. The world is watching. Our children are watching. I've said before, you know, you you go to work thinking that these people are going to protect you. When you're hearing 10 are being investigated, two have already been suspended. You saw people taking selfies. You saw people. And I'm I'm not poo-pooing the police. I'm not being like, oh, defund the police. I hate the police. Not at all. The majority of the police are wonderful. Um, We saw- we saw an officer give his life trying to fight, and we saw another one um, who was quite the hero um, trying to uh, move the crowd um, a- a- away. Um, let's look at these demonstrations, though. The first is a demonstration billed as the largest armed protest ever to take place in American soil. These are the three upcoming plans. Two would be another protest in honor of Ashley Babbitt, who the first lady, I feel, didn't help with you know, honoring her, you know, in her tweet. Uh, This was a woman killed while trying to climb into the speaker's lobby uh, during the pro-Trump siege of the Capitol, the riot that took place last Wednesday. And then another demonstration. Now, three of congressional members uh, said this was by far the most worrisome, the most concerning plot. This would involve insurrectionists forming a perimeter around the Capitol, the White House, and the Supreme Court, blocking Democrats from entering, perhaps even killing them in order to prevent them so that Republicans could take control of the government uh, textbook uh, coup d'etat. Uh, from where you are, politics aside, but from where you are, what can re- what should the president do? What can Republicans do in leadership to to help stop this? Well, the president should have, Leslie, the president should have uh, stepped in and said that not only is violence unacceptable, uh, but that he absolutely disavows this kind of uh, this kind of action. Uh, and of course, he did not do that. Instead, uh, what he's done both yesterday and today is basically fan the flames of, of protest. And it's, uh, in essence, an abject failure of leadership. And this is not a political statement. This is just simply looking at the leadership aspect and saying, if something is going wrong, what are you doing to fix it? And in this particular case, uh, he has not done so. When it comes to the Republican leadership in Congress, this is the time to stand with history. This is the time to understand that uh, the Trump ship has basically sailed. Uh, these are, you know, basically the last moments of uh, uh, of an administration that has really been very uh very odd when it comes to dealing with these kinds of things. And they have really failed uh, to stand for American institutions, stand by those American institutions, and, uh, you know, really make sure that those institutions stay safe and protected for not only our present, but our future. And that is a real, a real failing, I think, on their part. They can start to reclaim uh, their dignity, their historical dignity, if they actually uh, step in and disavow this uh, right now. Absolutely. We're going to take a break. Colonel Colonel Cedric Layton is in the house. We'll continue speaking with him about um, just a, a terrible day that will go down in infamy, like uh, our former President FDR said about Pearl Harbor, January 6th, that we will as well. We'll be back. Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. 
And we're back. I'm Liz We'll be back with Colonel Cedric Layton in just a quick moment. Uh, just an acting U.S. attorney on the charges against members of the pro-Trump mob who stormed the U.S. Capitol. Quote, we're looking at significant felony cases tied to sedition and conspiracy that are felonies with prison terms of up to 20 years. Um, also, in addition to that, um, there are three more pieces of information from the Department of Justice that was just released during their current press conference with the uh, FBI. Uh, one, pipe bombs were found near the Capitol on January 6th. They said they had explosive igniters, timers. We don't know exactly why they did not go off, they said. They said tear gas was used against the police at the U.S. Capitol um, and said open hand combat took place. It said the FBI and Justice Department were not asked whether the investigation is underway into President Trump or the White House into indictment, excuse me, incitement of insurrection. Uh, they cut off questions before a bunch of reporters uh, were able to ask that. Uh, we are back speaking about all of this with our guest, uh, Colonel Cedric Layton. And like I said, uh, he is a military analyst for CNN. He is founder of Cedric Layton and president of Cedric Layton Associates. And uh, prior to that, he was in the U.S. Air Force for 26 years as an intelligence officer and obviously attained uh, the rank of colonel. I'll tell you more how you can uh, follow him at the end of the program, but let's get to it. Uh, colonel, thank you for holding. Uh, welcome back. Um, there were um, on these calls with officials, um, officials basically warning lawmakers about sharing too much information with the media, because if you divulge specific dates, times and countermeasures, it could actually aid the organizers of the plots. Um, are politicians and even the media, quite frankly, frankly, helping some of these individuals, despite Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, you know, cutting off things like Parler? Well, I think uh, it's in in some ways uh, law enforcement has an easier job now that uh, Parler and similar uh, sites have been at least stopped in in some areas such as Amazon web hosting and things like that. So there are uh, you know there's some the law enforcement is getting a bit of a break because of that. However, uh, yes, I think uh, you know the the media has to be very careful uh, when it comes to relaying information and I think the admonition from the FBI is right on target uh, because in some ways the you know right-wing extremists are going to use the media in order to communicate with each other. They're going to uh, you know, make a statement in a certain way, and if a certain word is used, that could potentially mean something uh, to them. So it's a very tricky uh, game that uh, that is being played with these uh, with these people. And uh, the best thing that we can do is, you know, be aware that this is happening. Uh, make sure that all tactical information uh, that could potentially aid uh, the insurrectionists is, uh, you know, is, is put in a place where uh, only law enforcement and people who can act on it, I uh, can see it and uh, that it's not widely disseminated. And uh, that's a tricky thing and you're not always going to get it right. Uh, but that I think is the is the really important piece because this is a very sophisticated operation and we have to treat it as such. Capitol Police National Guard are preparing for potentially tens of thousands of armed protesters coming to Washington um, that these people were establishing rules of engagement for warfare. And the reason I bring this up, Colonel, is with your vast experience in the military. Um, in general, the military, they say, and police, they say, do not plan to shoot anyone until one of the rioters fires. In other words, they will, you know, fire back. Uh, but there could be exceptions, they say. So a, f a few things here. I'm going to ask you three things, okay? One, does 
can, because they are these rioters, these terrorists, domestic terrorists, establishing rules of engagement for warfare, can the U.S., well, we'll take it one at a time, can the U.S. military be brought in in a capacity other than the National Guard because of the rules of engagement for warfare? Uh, not really. So there, there are two separate things here. First of all, Leslie, there is the uh, the uh, rules of engagement that the protesters uh, and rioters have set up. Then there are the rules engagement of engagement that the National Guard has, and the police forces also have rules of engagement that they have to follow. So those are are two things right there. Now there's a third uh, piece uh, that we have to look at, and that is the Posse Comitatus Law. Uh, basically, what the Posse Comitatus Law says is that active duty military forces cannot be used in a law enforcement uh, role within the United States. Uh, so there are exceptions to that and they have to be approved uh, by usually the president. However, this is a very unique situation uh, where it gets to be a little bit difficult uh, with that for obvious reasons. But generally the president or the secretary of defense can approve uh, the use of the military in a law enforcement like role, uh, but the law, un unless that approval is granted, the law actually precludes uh, the use of active duty military in a law enforcement capacity, unless it's military police forces on a military installation. Yeah. Uh, but that is not, not, of course, where we're at at this point. And um, not shooting anyone until the rioter fires, is that standard operating procedure for the military within the National Guard? Yes, it is. Uh, it's, it's standard operating procedure for the military and the National Guard. It's uh, standard operating procedure also for most law enforcement agencies in the United States. Uh, and uh, what they did mention, though, is that there are exceptions. For I was going to ask that's my next question. What are, what are the exceptions? Because we do know police officers that have shot first when they felt their lives uh, were being threatened. And, and certainly yeah. when somebody has drawn a weapon on them. Right, absolutely. So if somebody is drawing a weapon on you as a law enforcement officer or as a National Guardsman and they're coming at you, you have a reasonable expectation that they're going to do you harm. You have every right uh, to shoot them. Uh, and, you know, the, of course, each situation is going to be different and it's also going to be assessed uh, in terms of an investigation that will happen after the fact as to whether or not the use of deadly force was authorized. But I, what normally happens is the police uh, and uh, National Guard will inform people that if they step beyond a certain point, deadly force would be authorized. And uh, if that uh, warning is not heeded, uh, then uh, generally speaking, they have every right uh, to engage uh, the trespassers and the insurrectionists with deadly force. God, so many things here. Um, you know, three plots three buildings they want to surround, the Capitol, the White House, and the Supreme Court. They want to surround the White House to protect Donald Trump. Um, I guess it depends on what date, because on the 20th, he's gone, um, and he will no longer be president. But um, they are saying that between the 16th and the 20th were when they plan to do these things. Um, the Capitol Police have now established a new perimeter. They have fencing. They have razor wire. National Guard, they've been called in to help protect the Capitol uh, Police, to help protect the Capitol and to help uh, protect the lawmakers. Um, it, the Capitol Police assured members they were uh, prepared for these uh, terrorist plots, but there's obvious concern coming from lawmakers. I'm not a lawmaker, I'm just a citizen and taxpayer, and I have concern. I think there's obvious concern because they couldn't handle it last week. If, if these people are coming threefold and plan C is to actually murder Democrats and Republicans who 
you know, d- you know, who didn't object um, to the election, which is the majority of them. Um, uh, are we ready? Are we really prepared? Are we going to see something next week like we've never seen on our soil in our lifetime? Well, let's hope not. But I think we have to look at the possibility of it happening. And so, you know, when you do planning for something like this, if you're either in law enforcement or in the military, uh, you plan for the worst case scenario. Uh, I hope uh, that uh, they've learned their lessons at, you know, both the U.S. Capitol Police and all the law enforcement agencies that are charged with protecting the Capitol and Washington, D.C., and all the uh, buildings that, uh, you know, that are of importance to our national heritage. Uh, but, um, you know, what what I think we have to be very careful of is that we, uh, you know, if, if you're in the planning mode for something like this, not only do you do worst case, uh, but you try to go one, one worse than that, if you will, and you try to assess everything in a way that makes it very clear that you have other ways to go after uh, the the rioters if they like breach a perimeter if they scale a supposedly unscalable fence uh, you know have have contingency plans that can handle that kind of thing and be prepared to improvise and uh, you know give basic simple orders that say you know in essence uh, beyond this point and uh, they they can't go uh, if you go past here you can't go any further and you will be met with uh, the force that we're authorized to use and that's the kind of thing flexible thinking the ability to go after uh, these kinds of very dangerous terrorists, uh, that's in essence what uh, we need to do. And they need to really step it up uh, when it comes to uh, protecting our, our installations and our national heritage. We have less than a minute. I'm going to ask you very quick, answer me really quick, Colonel, if you can. Um, you know, uh, there are people that do not have confidence in folks at the Pentagon. The president is commander in chief. What is your reaction to that? So the chairman of the Joint Chiefs just issued a statement saying that extremism is absolutely taboo, absolutely not allowed in the military. That should give people reassurance. The military, of course, has to be vigilant that extremism is purged from its ranks. And this is going to be something that they're going to have to do for a long time. It's not just a one-time good deal. Absolutely. Thank you, Colonel. Always good to have you with us. Colonel Cedric Layton, please check out his website, cedriclayton.com. It's D-R-I-C-L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. And follow him on Twitter, at Cedric Layton, same spelling. I'm Leslie Marshall. Have a wonderful day. Be safe. Wear your mask. Socially distant. And remember, we are a United States of America. We need to be that again. Everyone loves shopping online. Well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my golf buddies when they buy clubs. Stop searching for coupon codes. Download Capital One Shopping to your computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Plus, it's free, and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. That's like hitting a hole in one without even trying. Capital One Shopping. It's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary.